Welcome to the Good Trouble Think Tank podcast, the show where you can get into good and necessary trouble. My name is Renee Clark, your host. Thank you for listening to my show. Welcome back, Good Trouble Think Tank listeners. I hope everyone is safe and doing well. I'm delighted to introduce our special guest, Ken Harvey, a motivational speaker, former NFL Washington football team player who was inducted into the Washington Football Club ring of fame. Mr. Harvey grew up in Austin, Texas. He attended UC Berkeley and was selected for the first round 12th overall of the 1988 NFL draft by the Arizona Cardinals. There he played six seasons until signing with the Washington Football Club in 1994. He retired just prior to the start of the 1999 season. So we're getting into good trouble with Ken Harvey today. Ken, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak to my listeners today. I've been a big fan of the Washington football team, formerly called the Redskins, now called the Washington Commanders, since I was a little girl. So I just love the sport itself. And again, I'm a home, you know, the Washington football team is my home team. And I'm still a big fan. So thank you again for being here with us. Quite welcome. Quite welcome. I uh, I grew up in Texas, Austin. So I knew of the Washington Redskins because, you know, if you're in Texas, you're a Cowboy fan. And uh, that rivalry was real back in the day. So there you go. <laughs> but you were never a Dallas Cowboy fan, right? Please tell me you were never a Cowboy fan. Uh, uh, until I got a paycheck from the Redskins, yes, I was. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta go where your parents. We didn't, uh, you know, our, our family they were diehard Cowboy fans. Mm-hmm. We uh, we didn't eat sometimes when the Cowboys lost because the mom would be so mad. So you know, you learn to appreciate the team that's feeding you. There you go. Yeah, because yeah. I remember as a little girl watching the watching the team playing football and it was always a really sad day when the skins lost or their you know football team Washington football team lost so I can definitely relate yeah yep yep so tell us about what do you like to do when you're not watching football and when you're not speaking what are some fun things that you like to do or engage in well I mean you know some simple I'm I guess probably dream to dream too much, but I like watching movies. Uh, you know, usually I'm at Starbucks. I'll write. I'm, I'm write. You know, I'll write. Try to write books. Uh, come up with concepts, different things like that. To me, that's fun. Trying to, um, you know, maintain working out. It gets harder as you get older, but you do those things and uh, and then just try to enjoy life. I mean, I've been I've been blessed with uh, a wife, uh, mm-hmm. thirty three years, two boys who who, you know, every once in a while call and say, dad, I love you. So I'm good to go. Oh yeah. That is awesome. That is a blessing, 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 beautiful family. Congratulations with that. Um, now, as I mentioned, um, I'm an avid football fan and I was a cheerleader with the Washington football team a few years before you joined the team. How old were you when you started playing football? What how old were you when you started how did you decide to pursue a career in in the nfl so so i'm gonna give you kind of a quick backstory and i played pop warner football 
Um, did I, then you get into high school, junior high, played a little bit there. Went to high school, played a year or two. Uh, then I ended up dropping out of high school and, and, and ultimately went back to school, finished up, but didn't play my senior year of high school football. After that, went to a junior college. Me and another guy, met a guy in the gym who told me about a junior college in Oakland, California. Me and another guy saved up some money, went to Oakland, California, played there, and then got a scholarship to University of California, Berkeley. Playing football wasn't necessarily my dream. It was just made up more of a way to get to college because I wanted to prove to everybody that I wasn't dumb, you know, and I wanted to show that everybody else I can go to college. So it wasn't like a lifelong dream. It was, uh, it was more of a, a means to the end uh, to get there. And so the, making it to the pros was kind of gravy on top of everything else. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't plan on it. I wasn't even expecting it. And, and by the, by the time I got drafted, you know, everyone was like, Oh, you should put, you'll probably be in the fifth round or you'll probably be somewhere like that. And then to get a call and be drafted in the, in, in the first round was pretty, pretty amazing. Can you describe the moment when you got the news that you were drafted? Now, were you there in person or did you get a phone call you said, or how did it go? Yeah. So, so remember, this is 1988. This is a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> but um, I was at a friend's house. I wanted to, I wanted to be at a friend's house in, in Oakland, California. Uh, and, and you're sitting there waiting by the phone. A little nervous because didn't know where I was going to get drafted at. I had talked to one team beforehand. It was the New York Giants. And they said I was too small to be a linebacker for their team. So I didn't mm -hmm. know kind of where I was going to get placed at. But we're sitting there. Uh, and then all of a sudden you get this phone call and they get mm -hmm. to call and say, Hey, Ken, this is, uh, uh, you know, Larry Wilson with the Phoenix Cardinals. Uh, how would you like to be a Cardinal? And I'm like, Whoa, uh, yeah, I like to be anything. I, you know, give mm -hmm. me a chance to be there. And so I ended up getting, you know, that was the call. He said, hold on. And then you're waiting and you're looking at TV and mm -hmm. you're waiting and you're waiting. You've seen, heard stories previously of players who, it may have gotten a call, but all of a sudden they get skipped over and stuff like that. So I'm really scared to death that, you know, maybe they, maybe they made a mistake, but they, you know, I'm looking at TV and they say, Ken Harvey drafted to the Arizona or to the uh, Phoenix Cardinals at the time, uh, 12th pick. And yay, there you were. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, sounds... you're excited. <laughs> but you know, that, that the day I got drafted, that moment, I was like, you know what? Okay, this is cool. But now I got to prove to them that not only did they get what they thought they got, they got more than what they thought they got. You know, my goal was to show them that they got a bargain getting me as a, as a 12th pick. And so that's, mm -hmm. that was kind of my, my focus as to what I was going to do, go out there and make something happen. That's great. So um, your family, were you guys like all together in a room or? So my mom had flew up to California. So I got a chance. Uh -huh. My mom was there. Uh, and then, and then my girlfriend, who's my wife now, was there, and then I was at my best friend's uh, house, and so uh, I kind of did the unconventional way, but um, you know, it's just like I said, it's back in the day. No, it's now it's more of a show. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's more of a an event, mm -hmm. and so you know, I probably would have been in New York where they had the draft at, and would have been there, but you know, I had some family members there. Everyone else was at home. I was kind of the the one that you know when people heard about it you know they're like well who is this guy you know mm -hmm. uh, who can can who berkeley wasn't known as a big um mm -hmm. school as getting far as getting big players and so it was kind of like oh everybody's a little shocked but that's why i wanted to prove that you know i was legit and so there we go <laughs> great 
Um, I know that you have been doing some volunteer work in the community. Could you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now that you are, you know, working outside of football now? Yeah, well, uh, you know, look, too much is given, much is required, right? Um, you know, I got a chance to play. And to me, there was always a dream. And it was a dream that wasn't necessarily my dream. It was supported by a lot of people that helped little seeds along the way. And, and that's what I've always tried to do is just try to help hopefully plant little seeds along the way that can help people out. And so usually, you know, if there's an event or there's something that I can do and I can help a charity, then I'll do that. I work with a charity now called Touching Heart, where we're trying to teach young people about compassion, leadership. You know, those saying uh, people point the fingers and say, well, you, you should know better, but you don't only, you only know what you're taught. And if you don't, if you're never taught that, you've never seen examples of that, then, then how do you know about compassion? How do you know about leadership? Uh, I work with the uh, congressional football game, which is uh, we have about 35 Congress members, Democrats and Republicans on the same team playing against Capitol Hill police to raise money for the families of fallen officers. And so, you know, this is an opportunity to support the, you know, the, the families of, of officers who put their lives on line for duty, uh, regardless of the political party, they're putting their lives on the line uh, to protect this democracy and, and, and the people there. And so it's an opportunity to give back in that way. And then there's several other uh, uh, charities. Um, just started working with a uh, addiction wellness uh, treatment center uh, that, that will start in the, in the next couple of months. And so, you know, there's just a lot of people who need help. Uh, and that if we have something in our abilities to help some people, then, then you know, try to do it. I'm not don't want to ever come across like a saint, not that guy. Uh, but, you know, just I've, I've been blessed. And like I said, I've seen it from the other side with just a small D. You know, someone saying you can do it. Just a voice can make a big difference in a person's life. And so, you know, I try to uh, do what I can with what I have. And that's kind of my theme is uh, if you said pit, it, uh, if, if you uh, if you read my book and all that stuff, it's kind of more about using the gifts that you have that are in your hands. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we undervalue and underestimate what we have and what we can do. And sometimes it's just finding the realization of, of what you have mm -hmm. and then realizing that that small seed can, can possibly change the world. Um, you just don't know. You know, I use the, the Moses analogy, you know, he had the staff, but that staff with the trust in God, he, you know, he freed a million people. He parted the Red Seas, you know, you can do some stuff with, with the gifts that you have. I like when you said what you, you, um, your organization talks about compassion and leadership. Uh, I think there's a missing piece here with our kids today. I remember, and I'm telling my age, I remember back in the day where we were graded on citizenship and how we treated others. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you had that in your elementary school, but citizenship and how we treat one another and in, in, in our classroom setting, that was taken off of the, you know, report uh, cards. But I think we need to get back to some of that at the elementary level and even at the junior and high school level where we learn how to treat each other and um, in general, you know, just being kind yeah. and, and caring for one another. So thank you for well, the think, work you, that you're doing. Well, I think that, uh, you know, teachers have such a burden on them. And, and I really admire teachers that. You know the burden is you could teach this but then you're getting in trouble if you taught something if you're teaching something and you're getting you know you're, you're not paid 
according to what you're worth and 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 then you're asking the teachers to become parents i mean there's so much that teachers yeah. good do and put on their place and we forget that it's some of those basic things that a lot of kids don't get at home you know and, and what you're going to get is what what you see what your environment tells you you know who's who's the person in your life and so what we're getting is what we see on tiktok and what we see on tv the all the negative news is what your environment telling you you can't make it or the only way you can make it is to be a bad guy you know all those things are dictating a person's life and we have to constantly keep fighting against that and i think you know that's that's hopefully what you're doing not hopefully but i know what you're doing mm -hmm. is balancing the weight you know, we mm -hmm. may not, it may not be a victory on one side, but it's at least balancing the weight so that a person can make a choice, go right or go left. Now, I wanted to, um, I like to ask everyone this question about success. <laughs> you know, COVID taught us a whole lot of things about life and how, you know, things are just so unpredictable and it made you kind of reevaluate things. Now, some people still define success as accumulation of, you know, wealth, possessions, and fame. Um, how would you define success? Well, you know, I, I, and, and that's that's a great question. I, I think success is finding what your purpose is in life and then fulfilling that purpose, fulfilling that destiny. Um, you know, I'm post-football. You know, football was a great part of my life. And then you go post-football and try to figure out what am I supposed to be doing? I'm still kind of struggle with that a little bit of saying, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to do it? And then am I doing it the best that I can? You know, you, you put everything into it. Success is, is making a difference. So that when you leave on this earth, I think someone put it best. You know, when you're born, you got that number. When you die, you got that number. But that dash in between, what are you doing with that time? And, and then hopefully uh, living that time right and, and well. So that to me would be success. Money mm -hmm. is good. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking it, let it flow. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. but if that's the only thing that defines success, if you lose it, if, if something happens, if you're controlled by it, then, you know, what good is it? So there's, there's a lot more to it than that, uh, than just money. I think I was in my late forties when I figured out what my purpose was feel happy living in you know living out my purpose and and part of that is giving back to others so thank you and for a that. podcast look look at you <laughs> so there you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> what word what one word would you would best describe you or your vision well what one, one word, word. Best if you can find find one word um, oh, maybe two um yeah no i i, I think dreamer Mm -hmm. uh and i hesitate to say dreamer because you can dream but not have action to go with the dream mm -hmm. and if you don't have any action to go with the dream then that's all it is is a dream but maybe it's visionary maybe maybe it's visionary that I, I, mm -hmm. I think yeah i think there anything is possible um sometimes it's harder to find a way sometimes you you have to do the thing that seems out of the way uh you have to go against what everybody says this is the right way to do it but there are dreams and they're all possible and so it's good to dream uh then it's the next step is taking the steps and figuring out how do i get to where that you know where you want to go uh, and it may not be your job may be planting the seeds for the next generation um you know and that could be a hard life because you don't necessarily see it but 
it could be the, the very thing that that spurs the belief in the next generation in, in, in any way that you can. So yes, long answer to a short question, dreamer. Who keeps you, what keeps you motivated? What, who, is there something that keeps you motivated to motivate others? You know, I, I, I think my, my, my lesson from, from football and, and dropping out and then making it to the pros, it keeps me with that belief that anything is possible, you know, that, that, you know, you, you could be at the very lowest, but that's not saying that that's, that you can't turn it around. That's just your new starting point. And so anything is possible. So what keeps me motivated is knowing that it's not over. Uh, you know, there are things that you have to do that there, there's work to put into it, but, but things are possible. And so, you know, my job now is to try to figure out what are those tools that people need to make that dream or whatever they're trying to achieve a reality. That, that would be my job as a motivational speaker. But speaking on that, on that issue, you know, I've lived that life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've, 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 I've lived the dream, right? Or, or in a short amount of time mm -hmm. through football, I've lived that dream. So now it's how can I help someone else achieve what they want to achieve? And that's probably the greatest thing is if you can help someone, someone, some company, some person achieve what they're going for, or, or maybe see something in a different way and say, ah, you know, I got it. Then, then I've done my job. Mm-hmm. And I think I shared my story with you. I remember as a little girl uh, watching football with my mom and I saw the cheerleaders and I was like, mommy, you know, I want to be a cheerleader one day. And I just, you know, kept that in my mind about that I can do it. I did, of course, have some doubt, but after so many years, I'm like, I'm going to go for it. I believe I can do it. And so I was, you know, again, dreaming about the possibility. Then I finally convinced myself you can do it. And then I did it. And I did try out two times, but I finally made the team and stayed on for two seasons. But how cool is that's, that? Yeah, that's a good reminder. Just and speaking things out to you to, speaking into existence. To existence. Yeah. And so uh, I. Yeah, I love that. And so like you already inspired me because I'm thinking of things that I want to do and I just need to believe it and just go for it and do it, you know? Well, you know what? One thing I've learned and I'm, I'm learning myself because, you know, sometimes if you don't, if you don't learn it or continue to practice, you're doomed to repeat, you know, same mistakes over and over again. But speaking things into existence, <laughs> when you start speaking it and you hear that in church a lot, people just say it, but they don't necessarily explain it. But when you start speaking it, and saying it out loud, then internally you start believing it. When you, when you internally you're believing it, then your eyes are open to the possibilities. So for me, like when I dropped out of school, I kept saying, I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna go to college. I was telling everybody, I'm going to college. Looking at me, how are you gonna to go to college? You have no grades, you don't have any money and you dropped out of school. Speaking into existence. But as I'm telling people, I told someone in a weight room who told me about a junior college in Oakland, California, who was my first step to get from Oak, from from uh, from Texas to Oakland to start me on this journey? Mm. I would have walked past that, would have never talked to him, would have never seen him. He would have never mentioned anything to me had I not been speaking out what I'm going to do. Now mm. I'm not saying go around like you're crazy, but I'm just saying even if it's in a room in in your house by yourself, when you start speaking it into existence, you know. Uh, I'm going to be a good husband. I'm, you know, you say it, you keep saying it, then your mind starts subconsciously reminding yourself, this is what you're going to do. And your eyes are open to the possibilities of doing it. So, 
you know, I'm learning that more so myself. Um, it's easy, you know, when you when you when you talk about your past life in football, it's it's easy to think about the past. But now, I gotta look and say, well, what do I want to be, and who do I want to be, and how do I want to be, and start saying it repetitively over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to say brainwashing yourself, but you start you start greasing the wheels of your subconscious to mm. be smooth when you want to try to get to wherever you're trying to get to and and it may not happen exactly the way you want it but their journey you know can can take you along the way it's uh kirk franklin right he said you know he knows he can't sing but but he can write music and he can Mm -hmm. produce and he can do all that so the journey you may have started off as a singer but maybe your journey is going to end up you've been a producer or you've been an agent or you've been whatever but if you never take that journey first step you never take those steps yeah you never Mm. get it Okay, so when you were younger, <laughs> did you have any like role models or people besides um, like maybe a, a male person in the church family or anything that kind of like stayed in your in your corner to push you along the way? Yeah, there was a, you know like I've had I've had best friends who who say you can do it. Sometimes it's random strangers that would come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my dad just watching him and how he worked, and my mom was always a supporter and believing what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, there were also people who, like I said, just randomly out of nowhere, who, who taught me about respecting people. I had a neighbor a long time ago growing up, you know, his wife was prejudiced and he was, you know, both of them were white. Um, but he would go out of his way to help us, his, you know, his two little black kids and, and give us work at his house, but he would pay us and treated us with respect. And it's like, mm. man. You don't close the door on people because you're like anybody, you know, people are good people. A lot of times they've just been brought up a different way or, or whatever. But for him to do that, then I went into my later life as a respectful person, as treating everybody with respect because of that one seed that was deposited. So say role models, you know, for me, it was, I used to love the Moses movie, Ten Commandments. That was mm-hmm. kind of like, man, that Samson, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the superhero books that are big time now, uh, as far as physical people, um, you know, I have, I have friends now that I still look up to, uh, Terry Crews, mm-hmm. you know, his journey, um, from, from, from playing football to becoming Hollywood and doing it for 20 some years. That's yeah. amazing. But I know his story and I know he's, you know, how it as as great as it is and how easy everyone think it became, it was a struggle and a lot mm-hmm. of things he worked super hard to overcome. So, I respect that and admire that as well. Do you feel the media influences the way our young man behave? Oh yeah, I mean it. Go, it, it, it it's it's a never in this circle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, know, one, it's gotten better, so it's not mm-hmm. it's not knocking. Things have gotten better. You're seeing African American men, black men, uh, doing things more so than you would have ever seen before, and not mm-hmm. just in in certain areas, not just entertain, not just a sports figure. Now mm-hmm. you're seeing doctors, and you're seeing lawyers, and you're seeing mm-hmm. super successful people. So I think that's gotten a lot better. The mm-hmm. vision of of what you can be and the success that you can be has gotten a lot better. I think mm-hmm. before it was the only thing that you saw were you know people running away from crime or that's not my baby's dad, you know, I'm not the baby's father. And, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. all the stuff that you saw. And even in some of the music, you know, you just said, this is who I am and this is my life. And I think it's gotten a lot better now, mm-hmm. but now mm-hmm. we have to work on um, 
changing generations and, and it's not going to happen probably as quickly as we want but it's changing the parents thought process because they've had to go through years of whatever they were it's changing the kids process it's changing the environment it's changing the the process of the ones who become successful and then how do we give back to an area um you know common sense would be you don't want to just give something. You can you can make a billion dollars and you can say, you know what, I'm going to take care of my people. And you and you build this huge, beautiful complex and you say, this is the greatest thing. But if the people going into it have the same attitude as they did and wherever they were previously, and if their attitude was like, I don't need to take care of my property. It's, you know, the man, everybody owes me something and, and I'm just going to be crazy and have loud parties and all this stuff. If you do all that, then what good is helping that community and mm -hmm. given all that, if you haven't changed your mindset, the goal is to try to change that mindset, to break those generational curses and to say, mm -hmm. okay, that's how do how do we how do we dig deeper and, and, and change what that outlook is? <laughs> Media is doing a better job, but you still see it's you still see generations either holding on to that negative belief of, of black men. Or are we perpetuating that belief because that's all we know. And so we're still stuck in that cycle of this is who we are instead of this is who we can be. Right. I remember um, the Million Man March here in D.C. I'm not sure if you came to attend that march, but what what was the outcome? What were the results of that march? Do we have any organizations do any like like have a, an agenda or plan to actually impact communities. There are kids who need access to these organizations, but the ones that really, really, really need it, somehow I don't see that they're there, getting there, that there access. Groups that are helping. And, mm -hmm. and and it's it's like it's like uh I'm trying to remember that that story of I think it was a person walking down the beach and they saw these starfish on on the beach and they were stranded and they start picking up and they they were throwing the starfish back into the water. And the person was like, you'll never get all the starfish. And it's like, but that's but tell it to the ones that I've helped, mm -hmm. you know, you, mm -hmm. you may not get them all, but you got to start where you start. You got to help the ones that are in front of you. And so I think that's, mm -hmm. it's, it's becoming more so that there are groups more that are, that are helping and, and, and finding out different ways. I think we want it to happen a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. And, and, and sometimes we, we want it to happen in a certain way, but you're attacking a massive problems with it a thousand happens. different roots off of it. And you're trying to chop down one root. But there's other there's a lot of others so you got to work on the ones that you can affect and 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 then hopefully that may spur the next generation but generations if you think about it those are that's a long time that's 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 yeah 40 some years 20 some years when you have kids and you try to raise your kids up right that's a long period of time to try to change somebody's uh mindset but it's not impossible we so we start doing what we can with what we have and it's, it, it has changed the mindset. I mean, we're, we're the largest incarcerated, mm -hmm. but there may be programs in, in, in the jails that mm -hmm. can help you move on. You know, mm -hmm. time, one thing we all got, regardless of what color, what race you are, is time. Mm -hmm. and what do you do? What you do with that time is on you. And, and mm -hmm. so, you know, what, what, may, what may seem like a negative, you may be able to turn it around into a positive. So, you know, you may be in jail, but if you spend your time you know, reading books, educating yourself, trying to change, you know, your life, maybe that's going to be a seed to help somebody else out or some young person that comes in and instead of them coming a repeat offender, mm -hmm. maybe you plant a seed in them 
so that they don't become that person. Who knows? Right. So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so there's so many things we can work on. Yeah, but but mm-hmm. look at I mean, think about it now. You know, commercials. I mean, I mm-hmm. I'm I'm sitting there amazed sometimes. I've never <laughs> I've never seen so many black people doing things that that we take for granted that mm-hmm. are normal, but we didn't we never saw that growing up. You know, mm-hmm. we never saw what I remember is good times, Jeffersons, mm-hmm. you know, you can name them on your hands. There are very few things that you saw and you didn't see people doing average things. When I, when I was um, in Arizona and I used to walk my kids to the park and people would be like amazed, like, oh, you know, like they were shocked to see a, a black man, father walking mm-hmm. his kids to the park, taking time to do that. But you wow. see it a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. But before it was it was shocking. And, and mm-hmm. if, if it was shocking to them, Think about what our kids, our, our, our people never saw, you know? And so mm-hmm. uh, I, I think there's, there's, there's changes, but we have to keep, like you said, we have to keep pushing them. We have to keep mm-hmm. moving because mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, do the football analogy, you know, you make like, you know, like the commanders, you drew up, driven all the way down the field. And then all of a sudden you stop and you get stopped <laughs> on fourth and, and, and five or something like that. And it's an interception and then they take it all the way back. So mm-hmm. Yeah, keep pushing to win the game. Absolutely. I had to sneak the football in there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, right. What would you tell your 16-year-old self? I would I would tell myself to be more of a student uh and and as far as um finance, uh confidence. Um, you know, I would tell myself that that you're in control of your own destiny. Uh, don't don't just let don't don't just ride the wave. You control it. Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I did where I was just trying to please people. You know, it's a good. It's in in some ways, it's good. Some ways, it's bad. Um, educate myself more. You know, go to the library and read more books. I wasn't I wasn't necessarily dumb, uh, but you need to educate yourself on specific things that you want to become better. And I didn't do that. I just, you know, I went to class. I took what people gave me instead of saying, I'm going to take what I want. And, and I think I would tell my young self to do that. Be more confident. Mm-hmm. Take what you want. Uh, if, if you want to be, you know, keep dreaming. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to play football, then play football. But then also, if that dream doesn't happen, don't give up on life. Set your second goal. What are you next? What's the next thing you want to do? How are you going to get there? That's what I would tell myself. 16-year-old self. All yeah. right. There you go. Now mm-hmm. you're an author too. What is the title of your book? And and um, it's a motivational book, inspirational book, right? Yeah, it's, well, it's about my life. It's my my journey. You know, making mm-hmm. it to the to the NFL. It's called Stepping Stone, um, and um, it's stepping. You know, stepping stones. And then you know, subtitles. In the beginning was the word. And I kind of, you know, I'm I'm. You got to like your own titles, but it starts off with like, this was the word, this is a word spoken to you. And, and this is what people say you are, but who are you really? Who, who do you say you are? Uh, and so it's just kind of that journey going there. Um, I've done that book. I've, I got two thriller suspense novels. I have a bunch of kids books, um, mm-hmm. that I've written. And so, uh, yeah, you know, just, um, I found that I wrote, written my first children's book called come find me. It was the two is my two boys. And I saw the seeds planted a long time ago that they saw themselves as a character. And I was like, man, you know, you don't realize something that simple when kids don't see themselves as something. 
Mm-hmm. And and so they got to take what everybody else is, but they don't see themselves. And so did my first kids book. And from that time on, I've been writing children's books and, uh, and then ventured out into other types of writing. I, I love it. I love it. How can our listeners purchase your Stepping Stones book? Uh, go on Amazon, Ken Harvey, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Stepping Stones, and it, it should pop up. And you can mm-hmm. actually, I think with Amazon, you can read the first chapter or mm-hmm. something so you can at least get a taste in the field to see if that's what you like but uh you know look we all have stories in our lives and we all probably could write a book mm-hmm. but here's the challenge i did it so if you if you if you say ah oh, well i could do that 80 percent of the people say that they can do something 20 percent of the people actually take the time to do it so uh don't talk the talk walk the walk Hey, congratulations. Uh, what is Thank your you. website again so our listeners can know how to find you on, the, on your website? Well, if, if someone wanted to reach me, you can go to uh, krhcompany.com, uh, which is, you know, Kenneth Ray Harvey, my name, company.com, uh, or you can go to Touching Heart and uh, in, in their website and, and reach me that way. But, uh, you know, changing my website, truth be told, uh, you know, changing it up a little bit, but... Uh, you know, if you, if you need to reach me, there's a way to, to connect with me. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So you can find me. Thank you so much for carving time out of your busy schedule to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Be sure to visit my website, getintogoodtrouble.com. That's G-E-T, the letter N, the number two, goodtrouble.com. Follow us on social media. Until the next time, be safe and be well.